Hello and welcome back to Multimodal. I'm your host, Baxty Future. This is a podcast about GPT-3, multimodal AI models like DALI, the company, OpenAI. In this podcast, I may talk about new OpenAI research and products, the latest things that are going on in the community. I may even talk about my own research, my own products. And in this podcast, I definitely try to share my thoughts. I try to look at the world from the perspective of a GPT-3 developer or perhaps a multimodal artist. Um, I try to every once in a while throw out there, guess, extrapolate on what all of this stuff could mean for the future. This is definitely not a podcast about today. This is a podcast about tomorrow. I want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Multimodal. Uh, we have a couple of topics I want to cover this week. Uh, picking up on where I left off last podcast, I'm very excited now that I have Dally to access. I feel energized to put as much content out there. By my understanding, I am the most public DALI 2 beta user probably in the world. I'm sharing all my findings, all my work, all my thoughts, all the different things I'm discovering as I'm going along in real time. And by now, of course, you guys know all these different places where I'm posting them. If you want to follow along in the journey in the most real time way possible with my, you know, different DALI generations, thoughts, uh, raw sort of things I'm thinking about, you know to follow me on Twitter at BAKZTFuture. I'm uploading a video near, nearly every day on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash B-A-K-Z-T future. Um, and of course, I'm sharing some high level thoughts, stuff that, you know, isn't necessarily covered in this podcast uh, on uh, on my newsletter, B-A-K-Z-T-Future.substack.com. Uh, so thank you again. Uh, you know, this is a really exciting period. I mean, obviously, I'm putting out content at a really fast rate. It's obviously not sustainable. <laughs> Um, not just for my time and personal life, my health, all things considered, but I am, I am energized. And so this is just an exciting time to, to just be alive. And, you know, I'm still really grateful that I have Dally 2 access. So again, I'm trying to put as much out there as I can, uh, in today's, in today's episode, I want to quickly talk about a quick GPT-3 instruct GPT note. I want to expand on what my first experience was like using Dally 2. Uh, last episode, I talked about it at a very high level. There's more nuances, actually, that I want to cover. Um, I want to tease some of the feedback I have for the DALI 2 product. This is going to become an article, and perhaps I'll I'll revisit this later in the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm a beta user, and I thought for the first time, I thought, wouldn't it be cool? Let me talk about my feedback and thoughts publicly on the podcast um, that way you guys can also participate, give comments, give feedback, uh, you know, give me feedback on my feedback. Uh, this is an experiment I'm trying, but I think it couldn't hurt. Uh, even if a lot of people don't have access, you know, I put out videos showing how to even use it on both your phone or, uh, on the web app. It's basically the same, but you know, you should have some idea by now, if you followed my YouTube channel, how Dally 2 even works. So maybe there is some slight way you could participate in the, in the feedback process as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think we're going to end on, oh, okay. No, no. So we're going to talk about feedback and, and then I have some two broader thoughts as well that I'm also going to put out there. These are pretty raw. So again, we're, we're probably going to revisit it in the future or I'll expand on it in an article. So anyways, all together, quick GPT-3 note, expanded first experience, my feedback, as well as some higher thoughts and predictions. Uh, so anyways, let's get started. So to begin with, um, <clears throat> I put out a tweet last week and it was just about someone I know, uh, had a quick idea 
and they wanted to use GPT-3 to sort of test out the idea or get a response or save some time, basically. Um, and uh, I was right in front of them at the time. And so they hadn't used GPT-3, the OpenAI product, in probably months. Uh, and of course, they had tried it before Instruct GPT. Uh, this was back in the day, <laughs> like earlier this year, like basically like January <laughs> or like November of last year, uh, where you needed to like, you know, really be crafty with your prompts. You needed to find examples. And they were like, let me try out this idea. This is basically a user which had churned out of the OpenAI beta, the trial, everything. And right in front of me, they got to the website and it said their trial had expired, I guess, because it had been longer than three months. They definitely had not even used the $18 worth of credit that comes free. And they were just staring at it like, okay, forget it then, <laughs> basically. Um, and so I sort of jumped in. I said, no, no, you can use my account. It's already hooked up to my credit card. And so then they were able to get the answers they wanted. And because of Instruct GPT, they were really just blown away uh, by how amazing and easy and reliable and useful it was. Um, and so I guess like I, I put out a tweet saying something like we need to rethink the trial period, the terms for that, because like, I'm just finding like, is, is this the best we could come up with is like $18 and it expires in three months? Like, are we not capable of maybe expanding that length or thinking about, you know, monthly top ups or something greater than 18? Like, I just don't think that's the best that can be done. And I think this was somebody like who maybe had some infrequent usage, right? Once every few months, we like if I wasn't there, we would have lost that user altogether. Right. So not only does the trial just not make sense to me, like the terms that were decided, it's also just like leaving a bad taste in somebody's mouth. Imagine the first experience wasn't that good. The second one uh, could have been good. They thought about it using it, even though the first one didn't pan out that well. But then they're asked to enter their credit card. Basically, nobody's going to do it. Um, on top of that, uh, going back to how great we think Instruct GPT is on this podcast, <laughs> right? Um, I just like, I just was like, Instruct GPT is so good that I, I actually think anybody who was in the previous trial, uh, who churned out or for whatever reason, their their trial account should be reset just so that if they ever come back and they use Instruct GPT, they might actually be blown away and be users for life. Um, so like sort of like all I'm saying is Instruct GPT is so good. I almost think we need to redo the trial. Like we need to give people another chance to use it. And I almost feel bad because in my podcast about Instruct GPT, the, the main one, um, I was talking about how if you've used GPT-3 in the past, you're kind of on the fringes, it's time to come back. And I was just kind of upset because now I'm like, all those people I told to come back, <laughs> they probably came back to check it out. And then they were kicked out because of the trial, <laughs> right? So like, um, you have to give people time and space to convert, right? Like you can't just be like, use it one and done. If you don't like it, goodbye forever. Like, it's just, it's just uh, nonsensical to me. And like, if you care about virality, if you care about word of mouth, if you care about giving people time to start integrating this product into their lives. And like, like I said, Instruct GPT is so good. Like, I almost feel like everyone who tried it before needs to try it again. Like, that's genuinely how I feel. Um, and so anyways, I just wanted to put the message out there. A lot of people from OpenAI listen to this podcast please reconsider the pricing. I'm telling you just at the ground level, like it's just not 
panning out. Like the trial period should be way more generous. Um, and like I said, we're in a different ball game in the GPT-3 world because of Instruct GPT. It, it really is a game changer, which is the name of that podcast. I encourage you to check it out. That episode was called Instruct GPT is a Game Changer. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, that was a quick GPT-3 note. Uh, now we can jump into the multimodal stuff. Uh, I wanted to expand more in detail about my first time using DALI 2. Um, to start with, like I on this podcast, like I, I don't really review products that much. Like I maybe share my experience, but I'm not like a reviewer. But uh, DALI 2 is so good. <laughs> like um, I'm sort of like kicking around this idea of a metric. Like it's called like the, the jaw to floor delta. <laughs> Meaning, how much is your jaw on the floor? And like, I'm thinking about like sort of comparisons, right? So Samsung announces a new phone. Jaw, your jaw is not really on the floor. Like it might be a little bit open, but but not really, <laughs> right? Uh, original iPhone. Uh, I remember the iPhone announcement. I'm that old uh, that like, I remember my jaw was maybe even below the floor. <laughs> like it was such a groundbreaking product. So let's say original iPhone negative one below the floor delta. So like your the mouth is open, the floor is here, original iPhone was like lower than the floor, right? That's how significant that announcement was. Uh, so using this jaw to floor delta that I'm talking about, um, I would actually say DALI 2 is a jaw to floor delta of negative 2.2. So I would say it's below the floor. Here's iPhone. I would say DALI 2 is even lower than that, uh, which is groundbreaking to say. I mean, maybe maybe I'm, I'm generating too much hype for this thing, but it's just how I feel. And th the interesting thing about this jaw to floor metric is, is simply it's different in the eyes of the beholder, right? So I am a multimodal user. I've used the various notebooks and open source models that have come up to this point. Um, even for me, DALI 2 is a negative 2.2 jaw to floor delta. Um, I suspect it might be even greater for people who have no idea about this multimodal AI world that you can just write text and generate images, especially to the layperson, like people who are creative, maybe artists have used Adobe at maximum. They're really in shock that this exists, right? And part of the reason, like I like this jaw to floor delta that I'm talking about, um, it's not just about reviewing uh, the product itself. Um, it's also about giving language because our AI capabilities are expanding so much. It's no longer, you know, AI went from, oh, wow, that's cute. AI can sort of do this with a lot of training data and a lot of handholding to, oh, my God, <laughs> it's really doing this right at a beyond, sometimes beyond human level. And so we just need new language because it's it's not just a great product. It's just shockingly great, right? Like your your jaw is on the floor, maybe even below the floor. Like it's gotten that low. Um, and so, I mean, on, honestly, the, the jaw to floor stuff is, is just a funny thing to call it. But, you know, we do need to capture this uh, idea of people's shocking reactions to what AI is capable of, things that they thought were perhaps years or decades away. And so anyway, so my, my first experience, DALI 2, once again, negative 2.2 reaction. And I, again, like I would say original iPhone, negative one, GPT-3, maybe negative 1.5. <laughs> DALI 2 is, you know, 
um, really, really significant. And of course has such immediate impacts on, on society. And I think it's going to go viral in all these ways. Um, that, yeah, that's why I gave it that number. Now we'll see, will I use this metric in the future, <laughs> right? Because Dally two has set this bar, uh, it's going to take something even greater, right? Uh, and to be honest, even if I saw Dally two, but, f but for video, I mean, I, I've already seen Dally two. I almost expect video. You know what I mean? Like it, it may, it may be, it may score not as good as Dally 2, but we, we will see. So anyways, this is a new metric on the podcast. I'm excited about it. I think it's pretty funny. I think it captures it well. And that that is how I've ranked Dally 2 up to this point. Um, going back to what your first experience is like, I think, uh, because I've also shown it to you know a few of my friends, um, the surprising thing about when you first use Dally 2 is um, it takes people to, it takes people time to not only get uh an intuition around using it and writing prompts it also takes time for people's imagination to sort of expand so what do i mean by that like i mean like a lot of people who first use dally 2 they at least with me i was surprised they were treating it like google images like they would just show up type in red stapler <laughs> and i was looking at them like you have access this is a multi-million dollar multimodal ai product and you're typing in a red stapler, a photo of a red stapler, something you could have got from Google Images. What like a waste, what a colossal waste of this, you know, this language, sorry, this multimodal AI models potential. Um, but the thing is, people have never interacted with a system like this before, right? Like I realize they don't, they, they've, they've been let down by AI products up until this point. They, they almost assume it, it, it won't be capable beyond that. And also they're just applying previous behaviors from things like Google images, where you basically, they're treating it like search and they basically think you type in, uh, known images that have been seen before. Um, and so, uh, while I was sort of showing them the product and its capabilities, I got them perhaps to take it away from a photo of a red stapler to something, you know, a uh, photo of a red stapler designed by Picasso, right? And when they saw that, wow, it can generate this kind of results, that's really when, uh, you know, things started moving. Then they went from, instead of just, you know, an illustration of a monkey on a tree to an illustration of a monkey on a tree with a hat, top hat and a monocle, um, you know, swinging from the branch, right? Digital art. So. Um, I think all Dally 2 users will first go through this first phase where um, they sort of need to open up their imagination more. Uh, they need to not treat it like Google Images. I think the point of Dally 2 is to make images you've sort of never seen before, that nobody's ever seen before. Make images that are that you would never find on Google Images, right? Like I think that's the point of Dally 2. Even though it feels like a search engine, like Google Images, it's not. Um, you are generating that content, even though at times you may forget, right? It may feel very real, like this might be content on the internet. It is generating that for you. Uh, so that's that's one of the first early impressions I've noticed. Um, I think uh, another surprising thing about Dali 2, I found myself just hoarding uh, a lot of the generations. I found myself saving so many of them locally on my computer uh, for whatever reason. Uh, when I was using the app, I found it, you know, saved on my phone. 
ever since I got access, my camera roll has filled up with DALI 2 generations. Uh, I think there's some hoarding, some deeper need to collect images to save them forever. You don't want to lose them. Um, right now, the product doesn't do a good job like, you know, letting you s store it and save it with them. Um, and it's easy when the way you're searching to just lose a generation or you forget the prompt. And so um, I think this is very consistent across all DALI 2 users. Um, I think I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people will find themselves uh, hoarding the different generations. Um, at times, DALI 2 feels like Google Images based on the UI. And other times, it also feels like Pinterest. Um, I might use it for inspiration. I'm trying to collect various images to go with some theme or some product or some idea I have. Um, it's uh, the same way Pinterest users hoard and collect, and that's the whole point of it. I also find myself using that with DALI too. Um, and so I just also wanted to share this interesting sort of uh, primitive psychological phenomenon that I'm observing even with my own behavior. Um, and then, you know, DALI 2 is a product. My other first impression, if, 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 if you've been tuning into the podcast, two podcasts ago, I, I talked about Why Greatness Cannot Be Planned. This is a book by uh, Kenneth Stanley. And I believe that this, the co-author is John Lehman. John, I apologize if, I, if I've got your name wrong. Uh, but uh, this is also related to that book because they had a, they created a system like 10 years ago called PickBreeder which used like this evolutionary algorithm and people could select images. Um, and then, you know, once they select an image, then there'd be more evolution on that image. And so they'd start with like an eyeball. And then a few generations later, they'd end up with this cool race car. Um, DALI 2 is like pick breeder times a million. <laughs> like it is a massive, I would say massive game of collection you know, you, you have some idea, expanding on the idea, you have a prompt going, what else can you do with this prompt? And just sort of seeing where things go. I think it's a product of discovery. Like you may discover new kinds of art forms, new interesting generations, new approaches to things. And also like I've been putting my stuff out on Twitter and it's been getting posted on the DALI2 subreddit and just seeing also how the audience reacts to different generations. I think that's also been an interesting uh, game. Uh, and so anyways, like I, I you know, I want to recommend that book again, Why Greatness Cannot Be Planned. Um, you know, it's very, very relevant to DALI2 users uh, as well as just creatives in general. The final thing I, I want to say about DALI 2, just as a first uh, first product impression, um, it's not designed to be addictive. Um, I think, you know, I imagine, you know, the, the word addictive is, is very loaded. Um, I, I don't mean addictive perhaps in the social media sense, but yeah, I've been finding I've just been using it a lot, right? Like I don't, I don't know if ad addictive is the right word. Um, Basically, I've been using it several hours a day since I got access last last Thursday, <laughs> every day for a few hours. Um, and I guess part of it is also that it has a mobile app so I can use it uh, on the go as well or before bed or, you know, just chiming in on different uh, conversations in the group chat. Um, part of it is also I make content about this stuff, right, uh, for, for Twitter, for for. Uh, YouTube for my newsletter, right? The podcast. So like I'm biased here, but I, I think the, the daily active usage of, of DALI 2 is, uh, 
is going to be way higher than GPT-3. And I guess it's addictive in the sense that like, like musicians uh, love music products, right? They love spending time in Fruity Loops or whatever, uh, Logic Studio. Like, I, I don't know, like, it's kind of like, I, I guess it's like a, I mean, it's just a tool and, you know, I just enjoy this, this multimodal AI art space, right? So I, I think maybe it brings out my passion. Um, but I think you will also find yourself using it a fair amount, uh, perhaps maybe not at my level, but perhaps over the course of a week, uh, at least, a, at least a couple hours. Um, now I want to just talk about broad strokes, my, my feedback about the Dali 2 product. And this goes without saying the product is incredible, game changing at this point, I'm just sort of, uh, providing feedback as a, as a beta user. Um, so broad strokes like i i would say uh besides all the positive stuff I, i've talked about this podcast and last podcast episode uh the big thing for me right now is is uh strenuousness right like this is this idea of repeated motions uh you know extra effort i'm using it so much that i'm noticing myself repeating extra motions or having to do things that ex extra things that i shouldn't have to do so I'm going to get a little bit in the nitty gritty, but basically like you can't copy an image. You can only download it and save it to your computer. I, I don't know why. Maybe this is a limitation of, of like the images. Like I think they're sort of in blob format, but I, like I think it absolutely should be copyable. Like be, because otherwise like I have to then click on each image. And then once that page loads, the detail page loads, then I got to click download and to have to do this so often over many searches, many prompts over the course of a week, it's just a lot, right? Like ideally I should be able to hover over the image uh, or I should be able to copy it or hover over it. And then as soon as I hover over it, I get the option to either download it or share it on social media. Um, another sort of feedback piece I have, um, my Dally to access is linked to my OpenAI profile with my full name. Um, and so I haven't really been using that share page because I don't want like necessarily my name out there. There may be a way in the product. I've seen a lot of people with the username n slash a like not available. I don't know how they're doing it, but like, I, I would like a way, I think most artists probably have some pseudonymous identity, right. Or anonymous. Right. And so like, um, it'd be nice. So if I am using the share page to like, uh, have, a have have the option to change like the profile name uh or something of something of that sort um go, going back to strenuousness so repeated motions i i wouldn't mind different prompt suggestions coming up below while i'm typing them in uh just to save me keystrokes uh what else um yeah i mean the so the model has its own speed limitations right uh but in the meantime, like I wouldn't mind being able to run multiple searches at the same time, or I guess multiple prompts at the same time, uh, because I'm, you know, just often trying different things. Sometimes I have multiple tabs open of different Dali to prompts. Like maybe there needs to be an advanced mode where you can enter in multiple prompts and explore multiple results, perhaps as a batch. Um, because it's the product is, is kind of strenuous, strenuous because I I've been using it so much. Um, and then, uh, what else? So some kind of bulk search capability. I talked about, uh, the, the, the details and stuff. Um, and I, I think like, uh, 
the the, the just the speed of the interface is as uh, itself like you know uh if maybe some keyboard shortcuts right think of something like superhuman the email client like you know it'd be nice to just you know have the keyboard and speed of the ui experience improved because i think just a lot of people will be using this product and you know a lot of them will be creative professionals and so my, my big piece was strenuousness and um just the the anonymous pseudonymous identity piece um and maybe dally too like like i mentioned in the past it's kind of hard to um you know, a lot of your searches, prompts, and the images that were generated go away. I think OpenAI is aware of this, but yeah, it would be nice to have maybe different collections that you can, that are stored there. You should have the ability to save it. You should be able to look back at all your prompt history and ideally the images as well that came up. So they're always there and you, you have that record. Um, looking, looking ahead now, I think for something like Dali 3, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we're there yet. Uh, I don't want to speak too soon on on stuff. Um, I'd like to see the Dally 2 product um, really uh, sort of understand a creative's end-to-end workflow. So, for example, if I'm an industrial designer, um, I may want to start with the silhouette of, of a product. And then once I have that silhouette, um, then I'll look at other details like that silhouette from different angles. Right. Okay. Then I have the silhouette from different angles. Then I want to look at the sketch, you know, maybe some wireframe going, pick between the different wireframe from different angles. Then I may choose the materials and those things and maybe, you know, iterate, prototype something in real life. And once I'm happy with that, then I'll look at materials and, and those kinds of things. And then the final render. So I think, you know, one thing that the DALI 3 system could use in the future is some understanding that I need to be able to use that same product that same starting point, right? And feed it into itself. And it should talk about that same thing, right? So like if I if I fed in a, a drawing of a lamp, like it should look exactly like that drawing. It shouldn't look like some other drawing from a different angle. And I think un- unless that end-to-end problem of a creative workflow is solved, um, DALI 2 will, I think, mainly be used as a, as a concept product or something where you sort of use it along your creative process, but the actual creative process, you you, know, you maybe source the ideas or s- source the experiment from Dali, but your actual creative process will just be the previous process you had. You're just, you just have more of an accelerant now because of Dali too. Um, one other thing I, I wanted to say, I mean, I put out the video about in-painting. Um, I, you know, in, like I mentioned, in-painting is a good start, but, you know, I, 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 I would like something that really, really like, I would just want a text box that fully understands what I'm saying when it comes to editing an image. Like I should be able to tell it, crop the image, take that apple, move it to the right of the screen, uh, flip the character upside down, make the character green. Like these are the kinds of transformations I want to be able to do with perhaps something like Dali three. And I don't always want to be using a brush like InPainting does. And also, I think even the current capabilities with the brush could use some work. It's very finicky. Like, you need to sort of play with the brush size. You need to play with the prompt. And even then, sometimes it makes no change at all. Like, I I don't think the system should be allowed to give you back 
you know, you you know, you do the brushing, you do the end painting, you hit generate, and it gives you nine images which are identical to the last one. That should be not allowed, right? Anybody looking to edit is not looking for the same images before. And also, like, it needs work. Like, you know, a lot of the in-painting generations that I'm seeing, when it does work, don't look at all, don't often look like they belong in that image. Um, and so, anyways, like, long-term, I'd like to see more progress on in-painting with the brush and ideally without the brush. I almost feel like OpenAI needs to work on a new model right? Like maybe the DALI model is not the best model. Maybe we need an edit model, DAL edit, <laughs> right? And this DAL edit model, um, you know, is, is fine tuned. And, you know, it's had like maybe that reinforcement learning with human feedback, kind of like instruct GPT, which just sort of can interpret uh, changes that humans want, and then apply them to the image itself, right? And Part of the reason I think editing and in-painting capabilities are important, your creative journey, I think the start of it is that you were able to generate something you like. Uh, but I actually think most of the journey is once you've made something you like, actually editing it, refining it, making it better, making it exact, right? Like what, like what your initial vision was, right? And so I think more people, most people would spend, if they're creative professionals, most people would spend most of their time editing an image not necessarily generating one um and you know like i like i mean it's <laughs> it sounds like it is a lot to ask but i just think like that's that's the ideal of what dally 2 could be i just describe stuff that i want changed and it just does it and i hate to plug my own series but uh you know in various videos whether it's the one on design language whether it's the you know uh real-time creativity video concept that i put out um, editing and these things are really important. And I, I think we're, we're only scratching the surface of edit capabilities with, with something like Dali 2. Uh, and then finally, just some small notes I had is when I first used the product, I couldn't spot the variations or edit buttons at all, even the brush, like at the bottom right where you can change your size. I didn't even, re I didn't even see those. Um, and so maybe something with like small thing with like the colors of the buttons and, and that kind of stuff, uh, it couldn't hurt. Keeping in mind, like I'm a power user and I read the blog post announcement thoroughly and I kind of forgot about the edit and variation buttons. Like I, I, I forgot about the capabilities and I, I didn't just didn't even see the buttons. That's a really small thing. Um, <clears throat> I have more feedback, but I think I'm gonna explore this in an article, crystallize the thoughts um, and maybe revisit this in a future podcast. So, <clears throat> I've talked about uh, my first experience using Dali 2. I mentioned that, you know, it, it is very, uh, like, you know, you'll spend a lot of time in it. You'll enjoy it a lot. I gave my feedback. Um, so the the next piece I just briefly want to talk about, um, in my last podcast, I mentioned that I think Dali 2 already in its current state, if it was opened up to the public fully safe, is probably worth billions of dollars. Um, I think the next gear is, you know, besides the beta and safety stuff, right? Making the product ready. The next question is pricing. Um, I think pricing will, you know, could make or break the Dally 2 launch uh, when it's public. And I'm really interested to see what OpenAI does. Um, there's many ways to chop it. Monthly fee. They could do a similar API kind of usage like they did with GPT-3. Um, 
I, I you know, listen, like I'm, I'm not in favor of a pay per image model. <laughs> like I think, you know, it would be, you know, worse, just as bad as the stock photography companies. Um, I, you know, honestly, I think something, something generous that creatives will love that, you know, doesn't cost them that much. There's questions around ownership as well, like really generous ownership terms. Um, you know, sticking with that uh, angle of a multi-billion dollar company, I think uh, there's a chance to do a lot of good uh, with the pricing. Um, and if that goodness is done, like more creatives will tell their friends about it and they'll use it more and it will become the de facto standard and norm. Um, so I would just be thinking next along the lines of pricing and getting it right. Um, you know, like it's, uh, I think that's the next piece to getting it, sticking with that vision of, wow, this could be a multi-billion dollar product that goes super gangbusters. Uh, okay. So anyways, like, yeah, that was the, that was the last piece I, I just wanted to cover really briefly. So Anyways, I got lots of videos dropping this week about DALI 2, some interesting experiments. I'm expanding on a Substack article as well that I dropped. Uh, I may be throwing a Twitter Spaces event sometime this week. So if you don't know what Twitter Spaces is, it's just a meeting. It's a meetup, audio only. Uh, if you have a Twitter account, pull up to the Twitter Spaces event. Uh, and I believe even if you don't, you can still listen to it somehow, like without an account. Uh, so anyways, for sure, check out the Twitter space event. I'm going to obviously post about it on Twitter at BAKZT future. The point of the event, I'm going to invite some other people, hopefully, uh, for, for whatever day it's on. The point of the event is to just briefly chat about Dali to our experiences, and then just maybe take some questions just as beta users, uh, that people might have about the product. Uh, this is audio only. So like we will not be generating, <laughs> uh, you know, Dally 2 props on the fly for people. Um, maybe later, if somebody wanted to, they could do that. Uh, but yeah, it's just a cool meetup. Like if you're interested in Dally 2, you you know, you want to chat with me directly, you want to ask a question, uh, this will be the opportunity to do so. Um, and actually, I think this week, I have the videos dropping. I think this week, I want to spend more time on the newsletter. I have different ideas and thoughts that I just want to put into writing. Um, and like, you know, right now I'm just in like a real, you know, creative hot zone. Like I just, I gotta just strike while the iron's hot. I have different ideas and different stuff across all the different mediums. So definitely tune in as well. I mentioned the Twitter space event at BAKZT future. Definitely make sure you're subscribed to my newsletter, BAKZTfuture.substack.com. Anyways, so that's it for this week's episode. Thank you again for tuning in. Multimodal by Backstreet Future is available everywhere on Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you want. It's there. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash future. And I mentioned my newsletter. And finally, just real quick on Twitter, at future. If you want to keep up to date, again, real time, my experiments, my latest discoveries, Twitter is the best place to follow along with my journey. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.